Hello and welcome to the Rob Burgess Show. I'm, of course, your host, Rob Burgess. On this, our 181st episode, our returning guest is Jonathan Fowler. This is Jonathan's 54th appearance on the podcast. For a list of the rest of his episodes, check the show notes. Jonathan graduated with a BA in history from Indiana University in 2006. He's an unabashed left-wing political junkie. He has lived and worked in South Korea for over 10 years, trying to help the citizens of that great nation hopefully talk pretty one day. A quick programming note. This episode covers the final 2020 presidential debate. In the interest of publishing this episode before the polls close today, I haven't added the clips from the debate as I usually would have. If you have voted, thank you. If you haven't, please do so. And now on to the show. What happened to Thanksgiving? Mm, it's been it's been uh, consumed by the Christmas season. <laughs> you know what? Okay. If Thanksgiving wants more respect, it needs to come up with some more Thanksgiving carols. <laughs> it needs yeah. more songs, marketing. I love Thanksgiving, okay. but it's really been a one day. You know? Yeah, yeah. I guess so. Yeah, I don't know. I'm still reeling from uh, Halloween here, so. <laughs> Well, we've still got some pumpkins up on the uh, on the counter here, but I think we're trying to transition away from from that part of the year. So I feel, I feel like this oh. year's been spooky enough. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know. Well, you know, Halloween's a holiday about subverting fear through, I don't know, manifesting it in other ways, perhaps. Hmm. Yeah. Well. Well, speaking of fear, <laughs> we're dealing today with the. Uh, the final debate and i know we're kind of getting to it kind of late and we want to we want to keep our streak going here of dealing with all of the uh, debates and so forth so yeah yeah and i'm actually perfectly fine experimenting in this way uh because i feel like at this point i'm not really out to like convince anybody of anything one way or another i feel like anyone listening to this already knows who how they feel about everything it's really just for like for posterity and also i feel like this debate was very different from the other one in, in tone but i feel like the lies still <laughs> still spewed forth uh in a yeah. torrent so so i i definitely don't know that you know people are i, I heard the post-debate coverage in the mainstream media about how this was like a new tone and this stuff it's like four, you know we're still falling for this four years later every time he modulates his tone for like 90 minutes and yeah you think he's well, like I mean, a new he person? had to change his tone because they weren't going to let him talk over the moderator and you know they're right. going to cut his mic I but mean, did like, they did yes, they ever cut his mic to... i i didn't uh, get that i know you're not done yet but i haven't gotten to a point where they actually cut his mic well, or maybe i, I understand the way it, it, I don't know. <laughs> the way it works i guess is supposedly they're just going to keep your mic off for the first two minutes like they have six sections like they have done before and for the first two minutes, each person gets two uninterrupted minutes to talk, and the other person's mic is totally cut off during that period of time. And then after that, when there's debates and responses, then right. they don't have anybody's mics muted. Although I guess there's the, the 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 idea is that they could always do that theoretically, but I yeah I haven't seen it necessarily either. But I mean yeah I mean it's it seems to be going better as far as like not not as many interruptions and stuff, but um. Yeah, I mean he's still full of shit. <laughs> so yeah, it's uh, there's I mean the lies will continue. So mm-hmm. absolutely. All right. Uh, so well, should we introduce the the change? Because you mentioned the change, but our audience may not know. Well, the deal is, frankly, I've had a heck of a week, and this weekend with the Halloween and stuff going on, I had a celebration with some of my students and stuff, and 
And I just didn't have necessarily the time to sit down and take notes on every single thing that was said in the debate. So while I have watched almost the entire first half of the debate, I -hmm. think um, we haven't gotten through it. So we're going to go through part of it live. Part of it's going to be based on notes like we've always done. And then part of it, we're just going to do it live. We're just going to watch it and respond to it in the moment. And Bob's Mm going to have a heck of a time editing this later, I guess. But, (laughs) you know, just... I, I think like if we both we'll we'll both watch it at the same time is what I was thinking. And then if we, we both want to comment, we can just say, hey, pause. We're going to pause at the same time. And then we're going to, you know, have that part where we can both comment on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, we can do it that way. That works for me. Yeah. I mean, did you have a different idea or how, how did, what were you? Thinking? No, I, I can I can do it that way. Um, I just want to make sure that I can't hear like in the past when I have tried to play things on my computer while this is going the person on the other end can't hear it so i just want to make sure that's still true because i don't know that we're going to be synced up exactly and plus it'll be better if i can just insert the audio later anyway so if if there's a way that we can i don't know how you're are you just going to listen to it on the computer or something that's what i was that's what i was thinking yeah okay do you have like do you you have like headphones that you can plug into your computer that you can listen to it with that's a good idea actually i hadn't even thought of that that's a good one yeah go ahead Um, and plug those in uh just just, i want to not be now i don't want any of the sound from that to go into the the recording of this so yeah i'm gonna put like i'll put one over my ear and i'll try to keep the other one free and that will look like Mm -hmm. dj dj big daddy (laughs) cha-cha So, okay, yeah. hold on one second. Okay. Yeah, yeah, all right, I've got the headset here. Now, I don't need this right now necessarily because it's going to be a little while, I think, before we even get to the part where we have to listen, but, um, mm-hmm. yeah. All right, so, you know, yeah, the Rob Burgess Show audience, you're here with us for this first experience of this new, new method of uh, potentially recording. I don't know, it could revolutionary revolutionize things three years down the road when the next primaries start off yeah i feel if like this works. is going to be harder to to edit but if it works it'll maybe be a little more um how can we say a little more in the moment because i know you said that you felt like you were just reciting a list when you were yeah you were doing it with the notes i thought it worked okay for me and i feel like our listeners have, have gotten i've gotten good feedback on it too but i mean i understand the, the impulse here so yeah, I just feel like, I mean, you just deal with so much information when you go through one of these debates. And by the time, I mean, even if you did nothing else, but just watch the debate and immediately respond, by the time you get to the end of the debate, you're going to be, you know, you're going to really have some trouble finding your footing mm-hmm. on exactly what the context was of the debate at the very beginning and stuff. So I think being able to respond at the moment that they say something or, you know, and again, I don't want to stop every 30 seconds, but, you know, like every, you know, uh-huh. three to five minutes or something, if we want to jump in and go back through a few things that were said or, you know, call something out, I think that that might be, it may be great. I don't know. It might be great. Yeah. So, yeah. All right. So we have the second presidential debate. I think this took place on October mm-hmm. 23rd, 2020. Yep. In Nashville, Tennessee, uh, held by the Commission on Presidential Debates at Belmont University between Donald J. Trump and Joseph, is it R. Biden? I want to say it's his middle initial is R. Is that correct? Huh? <laughs> I don't know. I think that's right.
You're, you're asking what his middle name is? Yeah. It's, I've just always seen the P. I don't. Is it Philip or something? I'm just guessing oh, now. Okay, I don't even e. know. <laughs> Joseph R. Bar Biden. Is it Robert, maybe? Okay. okay. And this is hosted by, this is moderated by Kristen Welker of NBC News. <laughs> All right. Well, I guess our first subject was coronavirus, which is a topic that Donald Trump doesn't seem to like to talk about, although he did kind of try to drag out the conversation, keep bringing things up towards the end of it, which I was surprised about. Um, and the first question was, how would you lead the country in this next stage of the coronavirus? And Trump said, so, as you know, 2.2 million, uh, 2 million people uh, were uh, predicted, or sorry, modeled out, were expected to die. You could call it, a, and then he talked about, um, well, obviously that's ridiculous. Like, yes, 2.2 million people were expected to die if nobody did anything. Like, if, if people just went about absolute, everybody went about daily life as if nothing was different, which was never going to happen. There's, there's no, no universe where that happens. Like, people take precautions. But, you know, he's, he's like, you hear the expression, you know, the good is the enemy of the great or the great is the enemy of the good. Mm-hmm. He's kind of making the terrible the enemy of the absolute worst imaginable. Right? Uh-huh. I mean, that's basically what he's doing here. He's saying like, yeah, my response has been shit, but like, imagine how shit it would be if I hadn't done anything. I mean, shouldn't you be thankful that I did something, even if it was like stupid and ineffective? <laughs> and it's, I mean, that's not what he's saying, but that's that's essentially what I read from this. It's like, yeah, if you compare doing something what you did to doing nothing. <laughs> then, but that's not how the world works. We compare what you did to what every other global leader did, and and we and we judge the results. And your results are found wanting. So. <laughs> um. Okay, well, he said they talked about him having it. He said you could call it a therapeutic. Some people call it a cure. Uh, I'm now immune, whether that's for four months or a lifetime. And they're apparently talking about some drug called Regeneron. Um, let's see. Joe Biden responds the 2.2 million Americans dead. Anybody who is responsible for that many deaths should not remain in power. Uh, let's see. He talks about everyone should be encouraged to wear a mask at all times, which is probably a nice start to a Biden presidency, how to, how to begin to get to this thing under control, but encourage may not be strong enough. It may need to be mandated. <laughs> and he talked about rapid testing as well. Um, uh, Kristen Welker said, Trump, uh, you took a therapeutic, Regeneron. You've said a cure will be available within a couple couple weeks. Is that a guarantee? <laughs> Trump said, no, that's not a guarantee. I think there is a good chance. There are two companies. And then he talks about, I don't know, Johnson & Johnson and I don't know who else he mentions. But he, he mentions more than two companies anyways. Uh, also, I'd like to point out that that Regeneron is made from uh, fetus stem cells. cells. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like something that yeah. Amy Coney Barrett would Amy, probably Amy not Coney be Barrett's probably. Happy with. Yeah, I'm sure she's <laughs> furious that her dear leader has been saved by something that she would like to outlaw, no <laughs> doubt. Yeah. Um, Joe Biden talked about having, if he's president, having total transparency regarding the vaccine to prevent people from refusing the vaccine. 
them, starting with this one. Yeah, so total transparency in any aspect of government sounds yeah, pretty good at this right. point. Um, let's see. He or he or Kristen Welker mentioned that we're going into a dark winter right now with the disease. And Trump said, I don't think we're going to have a dark winter at all. We're not. We're opening up our country. We're learning to live with it. And this was a big moment because then Joe Biden said, he said we're learning to live with it. No, we're learning to die with it. And he says he takes no responsibility. So on. I, I thought that was a pretty good response. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah I mean, there's you. What, what were the numbers yesterday? I mean, what were the numbers today was like? I mean, I know. Going into Friday and Saturday, it was like 99,000 deaths or 99,000 um, in new infections. I, I imagine it slowed down during the weekend. I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. Oh, by the way, Joe, Joe Biden's middle name is Robinette. Oh, I was right. It was R. Yeah. Yeah, it was R. But Robinette, I did not <laughs> did not ever okay. uh, wouldn't have picked that out of a hat for sure. There's also yeah. been uh, 231,000 deaths. So far in the U.S. total, right, as of right now. So. 231,000, right? Yep, as of today. Yeah. And they're saying, I mean, some people are saying, some people are saying we may hit, you know, 300,000 before the inauguration, which is, <laughs> I don't know, it's hard to imagine now, but at the same time, if you just extrapolate the math out, a thousand deaths a day, I mean, I guess it it, it would add up, I mean. And I, I'm not so sure we're not going to see a huge spike in deaths because we, we're hitting these big numbers, 80,000, 90,000, 100,000 infections. Mm-hmm. You know, the deaths are going to trail by two to three weeks and then we're going to see where we're at then. But it's going to be terrible, I imagine. Well, we're just hitting the upswing here in Indiana, too. So it's it's all over the place. And then I saw a study that said that his rallies he's been doing or have contributed to several hundred thousand infections like they can be traced to them, like just from all his rallies that he's been doing, like they went and tracked afterwards, all the spiking cases everywhere after his rallies. And it's basically super multi times a day and just like Johnny Appleseed with this. (laughs) Yeah, entirely predictable. But, you know, some people got to touch the stove, I guess. Yeah. And he's touched the stove and apparently didn't even change his mind. So, yeah, well, of course he got the I best expected, free government care. <laughs> I, I'm pretty sure either on the podcast or somewhere on Twitter, I predicted like he has survived COVID. This is not going to make him smarter. <laughs> this is not going to make him take it more seriously. This mm-hmm. is going to tell this maniac I'm invincible now. It doesn't matter what happens to anybody else. I'm good. I can't get it again. So. And I think that that's pretty much how he's going about it. So, so yeah. So Joe Biden said, um, he and he says he takes no responsibility. And Trump responds. He says, I excuse me, take full responsibility. It's not my fault. It's China's fault. It came here. It's, so immediately, I take full responsibility. And then it's not my fault. Like that's you know <laughs> the two things one after another coming right out of his mouth. It's just like yeah, mm-hmm. the cognitive dissonance is strong with this one. Um, it's China's fault. It's every, it's come here. It's not Joe's fault that it came here either. It's China's fault. Okay. Well, I mean, credit to Trump, at least he's, you know, he always says the worst possible thing about his enemies he could, but in this case, he's not even going to ascribe to Joe Biden responsibility for COVID-19. Big of him, I guess. (laughs) 
And he says, uh, let's see, look, perhaps just to finish this again, because Donald Trump wants to move on from COVID. This is not a topic that he enjoys talking about at these debates. Mm-hmm. He says, look, perhaps just to finish this, I was kidding on that. I think he's talking about injecting bleach here. But just no, to no, finish this, <laughs> yeah, Nancy Pelosi was dancing on the streets in Chinatown. Uh, Joe Biden said, this is a terrible thing. You're a xenophobe. I think he called me a racist even. And Kristen Welker says, all right, I want to talk about both of your different strategies, too. And Trump interrupts her. He thought I shouldn't have closed the border. It, that's obvious. <sighs> and Welker says, well, let's is that do you want to respond to that quickly, Vice President Biden? And Joe Biden just says, no. She says, OK. <laughs> so, so I'm I'm very happy to see that Joe Biden has taken our advice from the last podcast where we said, you know, you don't actually have to take every single speaking opportunity we give you, and you don't have to use up every second of your time and run over the time. Sometimes a one-word answer is all you have to say. You know, mm-hmm. that's it. Yeah, Joe Biden, Donald Trump. Even though it would be bad for Donald Trump to keep talking about coronavirus right now, Joe Biden is mature enough and focused enough to say, "No, let's just move on." You know, <laughs> I'm not even going to bother. His his last response is not even worthy of a response. So, yeah, which I'm sure is hard for him because he he. I think his rightly so. I mean, his his instinct is to like counter that, but like it's like it's not worth it because all the people are going to remember is like. Two people arguing, and it's like, well, I don't know. Both look same to me. Politics, right? And then it's like, just no. Just like let that one go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I, I, I give massive credit there because it's, it tells me that Joe Biden has learned something from previous debate performances here about this. So mm-hmm. I'm very happy to see that. Um, let's see. Um, the question to Biden then was, you haven't ruled out more shutdowns. And Joe Biden said, no, he hasn't. And then Trump goes into this massive thing. He says, look, all he does is talk about shutdowns, but forget about him. His Democrat governors, Como in New York, you look at what's going on in California. You look at Pennsylvania, North Carolina, Democrats, Democrats all, they're shut down so tight and they're dying. They're dying. And he supports all these people. All he talks about is shutdowns. Um... We're not going to shut down and we have to open our schools. And I have an example and he just, he just keeps going and stuff. So it's, and I think at at a certain point after that, Joe Biden pointed out that, you know, I don't look at this in terms of democratic and Republican states. I look at it as we're all Americans and stuff and and so forth. And there's some stuff about that. So yeah, that's kind of, that's kind of where I got to on my notes. Okay. So that's that's like two pages. Um, okay. They're talking about the taxes, and Donald Trump has just run through a series of scandals. He says that Joe Biden has gotten money from Russia. He's gotten money from China. It's terrible and all this stuff. And he said something about somebody who used to work for Joe Biden was just deposed or something, and he said all this stuff or something. There's no There's no details or facts to back any of this up. It's just, you know, as far mm-hmm. as I can tell, it's Fox News conspiracy stuff. And I, I mean, Joe Biden is kind of smirking through all this stuff. And he, and he says at several points, like, I haven't made a single cent from another country. You know, you had the secret Chinese bank account. You know, you withdrew all your money when you were president and stuff. Um, so there's a lot of back and forth there. You know, not to say back and forth to be reductive as that 
it's all equal, but mm-hmm. you know, Donald Trump is throwing out all these, he's throwing out all the shit to see what sticks. And Joe Biden is kind of staying on message that, look, you're the one with the secret Chinese bank account that we just found out. You're the one who won't release your taxes. It's been four years. You say you're waiting for, uh, you know, the, uh, you're waiting for something to end there. All right. So you said you're at, uh, I'm at 54, 50, 47 right now. My, like, for some reason, with the, the way YouTube is now, it's not precise enough that I can actually, you know, pinpoint us. In a two-hour video, I can't pinpoint the exact starting moment. Mm-hmm. Even though I've gone full screen here. Okay. Well, um, tell me when you're hitting play. So this is okay. like, uh, this is this is like when people played Pink Floyd over okay. uh, Dorothy, or Wizard of Oz. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this is like, uh, you know... Like one of those missions in Call of Duty where you've got to do like coordinated sniper. We got to count down <laughs> three, two, one. Pew, pew. You know, like at the same, you see two bodies drop at the same moment or something. <laughs> All right, Bob, are you ready? Let's yep. count down three, two, one, play. All right, play. So, so he said, uh, you know, no president should ever, you know, they they spied on my campaign. No president should ever have to go through what I went through. Uh, Robert Mueller and 18 angry Democrats just spent $48 million like trying to find something on me and they didn't find anything. He said, you know, if I spent 1 million on you, Joe, I imagine what I could find with how you are or something like that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I mean, Donald Trump could find, he could spend $0 on an investigation into Joe Biden and he would find something because he just makes shit up, you know? Yeah. They, they say your brother made, three million dollars in iraq or something and they all make it through you and uh they say you live very well you own multiple houses all over the place or something in the meantime it's widely known that joe biden was the for the longest time he was the poorest senator as far as i know in the senate Hmm. so i don't know that this yeah i mean he's like poor he's richer than us but yeah i mean relatively for this kind of washington Mm-hmm. Doesn't seem to be the case. Nope. So I did notice something I wanted to comment on in that section. Now, he made some insinuation about his son and his military service. What was he saying there? Because I didn't really understand the accusation. He said he wasn't in the military anymore. Okay. I don't get it. Like, what does that mean? Uh, I think the implication is that he was honorably discharged for using mm-hmm. cocaine in the military. I okay. think that that's the implication. I, I honestly, I don't know what the implication is, but they've they've said variably that Hunter Biden was kicked out of the military, and Joe Biden has pointed out that it was honorably discharged, not dishonorably. And then they've also made implications about cocaine, and I don't know if that's contemporaneous. I don't know if those things were supposed to be contemporaneous. But again, it's it's this you know, it's this innuendo, this kind of this kind of politics that he's playing. So yeah, yeah. No, I I know he was trying to make some snide <laughs> insinuation, but I uh, okay here yeah. we go. I'm looking on on Wikipedia, the uh, beacon of truth for the world. Um, Biden test positive for cocaine during your analysis test and discovered subsequently discharged administratively. So okay. I didn't. Yeah. Yeah, he I guess attributed that to the result to smoking cigarettes he had accepted from smokers, claiming the cigarettes were laced with cocaine. Wow, that's a, that's definitely a thing that happens. Yes, it's true. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
So I, again, I think I think maybe Trump was modulating his attack here on Hunter Biden because he got a lot of shit last time for insulting Hunter Biden yeah. who served in the military and had a drug problem and totally ignoring the son who died of brain cancer. Um, I don't know him, as he said in the last debate. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Um, all right. And he also, I, I think I got to say, I think Joe Biden answered pretty strongly on the Burisma, which was what Kristen Welker's question was about Biden's corruption, alleged corruption in Ukraine. He, and mm-hmm. Biden said the person who got in trouble with regards to Ukraine was this guy. And he, because he tried to get Ukraine to fabricate some information about me, but nobody ever said that. They said I never did anything wrong there, basically. Um, he also said, I never made any money from China. This guy made money from China. So, again, yeah, all this all this conservative projection, I think, about. Uh, mm-hmm. Well, I mean, you know, there, I, there's there's a question about whether Biden's family may have benefited in some ways internationally from association with him and i i just don't see anywhere where it's ever said that a crime was committed you know Mm -hmm. i mean that's the ambient level of corruption we have in washington or any country maybe that so yeah i don't know okay so kristen welker says uh mr trump you never divested from your businesses and so forth and there's something about the chinese bank account trump starts oh i have many bank accounts this bank account, everybody knows about it. It's listed. It was opened in 2013, which is absolute bullshit. Nobody knew about this bank account until it was reported because it's not under Donald Trump's name. <laughs> it was like a shell company name or something, but it was it was a Trump bank account, but it was not listed under his name. So that's like obviously patently false. Nobody knew about this until it was reported. And then he goes back on the attack against Biden. Um him, his son, his brother, his other brother, they're all getting rich. They're like a vacuum cleaner. So, yeah. Again, <laughs> the projection is real. Right. It's more projection than a drive-in movie theater. <laughs> wow. Zing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for sure. All yeah, right. Every, well, every, the- uh, every accusation is a crime, as I heard it. Or as a confession, rather. Every, every accusation is a confession. Yeah. That's what I told my ex-girlfriend. Zing. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. I'm sorry. I had to get that in there. When he said they're like a vacuum cleaner, I was just like, stop. We got to capture this. Yeah, that was brilliant. <laughs> from, the, from the comedic Trump. silence of, of Donald Trump. Yeah. He is uh, He is funny in a way. I don't know. He's, yeah, I don't know. It's... It's always a troubling thing when he claims he was joking about something because I feel like that's his response to things, and I don't think he's he's joking. I think he never laughs is the thing that throws me off. You know what I mean? Mm. Like people that make jokes generally laugh at something, but I've never seen him genuinely laugh at anything. So it's it's kind of hard to tell that he what he what he considers humor and what he doesn't. So I just have to assume when he's like telling people to drink bleach or whatever that that he's serious because it's like well how would i how would i know <laughs> that you're joking well, I, I right mean, the drinking bleach YouTube. stuff i mean that was all he was speculating very clearly he was you know pontificating and just kind of speculating openly and just like maybe we do this maybe we do that it was not joking he, i do think he jokes people say he doesn't joke i think he jokes i think he's got a very 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 snarky sense of humor 
you know, it's mm-hmm. kind of like a, you know, very sarcastic, very caustic kind of thing. And yeah, it's true. We never really see him laugh that much. I mean, we see him kind of chortle at times, perhaps uh, kind of, you know, he'll he'll rock his head up and down or something in a, with a smile or something. It's kind of a laughing gesture. But yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. I think he does. He does have a type of humor, but it's usually inappropriate at an inappropriate time, which, you know, we, we all whatever. We all have our own sense of humor and stuff. So but yeah, I don't think he I think we can all say he doesn't experience joy the way normal <laughs> people do. Yeah, <laughs> that's a good that's a good way to put it. Yeah. All right. Well, they they talked to Biden about how he's going to, you know, control China or enforce things on China. And he talked about making China play by international rules. He said, you know, there's a situation where whenever an American company wants to do business in China with intellectual property, they have to have a Chinese partner company that takes 51 percent of the property, has 51 percent of the control of the company. He says, we're not going to do that. He said, we're going to fly B-52 bombers through the Chinese South China Sea no-fly zone that they've declared, which we don't respect. Um, Trump does some really wild blathering, and he says, uh, you know, he said something about Biden made $10,000 in the first 10 minutes in office on Air Force Two. He's number one. I'm like, wow, that's a lot of numbers. <laughs> and then he said, we we helped the farmers or something during the, the trade war, and Joe Biden said, well, you, you helped that you paid the China. He said, we paid the Chinas however many, you know, millions or billions of dollars we paid them. And Biden said, well, you paid them that through taxes. Mm-hmm. And and Trump said, Did China, you know who paid the taxes? China paid the taxes. And Biden said malarkey. So <laughs> we got our, we got our <laughs> malarkey for tonight. Absolutely. First one. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know. Yeah, that was a, that was an interesting exchange. So. I, I think if you drop audio in there, you got to drop the part where talks Biden or Trump talks about uh, you made ten thousand dollars in the first ten minutes in office flying on Air Force Two. Number one, that was just like a really weird like countdown or something. <laughs> like, um, yeah, I don't know thoughts. Yeah, that that was uh, <laughs> that was pretty interesting. Uh, I liked how he dealt with that though. It's like I think just kind of laughing and smiling and kind of just oh man, this this guy. You know, I feel like that's honestly the best way to deal with him. Yeah, I, just, I, I feel like this like rising to his level of mania never works because you're never gonna outdo his level of <laughs> excitability. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, I think it's I think the debate is going well. Yeah. And and well, let's see, Trump. Well, Biden said he did transition a little bit abruptly and he said something about, you know, the average American family is sitting around the home table or something and they're thinking about, you know, the tires on the car are bald, but we can't afford to replace them right now. So we'll just keep driving on them or something. And and then, you know. Trump says, see, he's a typical politician. We're talking about China. And then he transitions. He wants to talk about the family at the table. And he says, I'm not a traditional politician. That's how I got elected and stuff. And and then Biden says malarkey or something. And then, yeah, that that was kind of another interesting moment there, I thought. Yeah. (laughs) And it sounds like next we're going to South or North Korea. So they're talking about North Korea. And she mentions that, you know, North Korea has developed the longest range intercontinental missile that they have, and they've continued nuclear development. 
and she asks and Biden Trump said something and then she asked Biden, you know, what would be conditions for meeting with Kim Jong-un? Because you said you would not meet with Kim Jong-un. And I'm not so sure that this isn't a a weakness of Biden, frankly. Like, I think that there is something to be said for meeting with people to have talks with them and stuff. I mean, you don't want to legitimize them necessarily, but like, you know, it's a reality. They're out there. They're going to be there. So causing problems. So, but do you and think it legitimizes them at all to meet with them without having them give up anything and just meet with them as they are? Uh, possibly, but um, I mean yes, but I mean whether we legitimize them or not, they're out there, and I do think like I mean, right now who they're talking to is China, but you know. If they're talking to America, too, then, you know, there is theoretically there could be some ability to kind of play both sides against the middle and say, like, which is what they want to do. But like to say, like, look, you know, you you guys are acting like China's always got your back and always doing things for you. But actually, maybe that's not the case. And mm-hmm. yada, 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 you know, um, I, I, I don't know. I'm just uh Let's see. Uh, anyways, Biden said that the drawing down nuclear capability would be the prerequisite for meeting with Kim Jong Un, which, you know, we've we've done it, we've done it, we've done it for however many years, it never happens. So it's just kind of basically saying we're not going to meet with them. Mm-hmm. And Trump says, you know, Kim Jong Un didn't like Obama. He wouldn't meet with him. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I'm not sure that's such a bad thing. Okay, this horrible, you know, uh, Biden called him a thug, called uh, Kim Jong-un a thug, which is, you know, yeah, if a thug doesn't want to meet with you, I don't know that that necessarily speaks badly of you. Yeah. Um, and Trump talked about, I had a good relationship with him and stuff. And Biden said, we had a good relationship with Hitler before he invaded the rest of Europe. Come on. And Trump says, they left me a mess. They left me a mess. Obama left me a mess. He told me that, you know, war with uh, North Korea was a big possibility. And he said, and it was a possibility for the first three months of my presidency before we got things worked out. But, you know, now I have a good relationship with them or whatever. So I don't know. I, I, I do think like Donald Trump has been wildly irresponsible with regards to China and North Korea as far as lying about the locations of American fleets that were supposedly en route to the Korean Peninsula at a time when tensions were high um, and stuff like that. Um, You know, I I think his negotiations with North North Korea have been foolish because he thinks he he has to act like he got something from them, even though he clearly didn't, just to justify that he even had them and that he was smarter than Obama and everybody who ever came before. Mm Mm-hmm. I I think you can make the argument that having meetings with the guy is not necessarily the end of the world, but you have to also acknowledge that Donald Trump hasn't actually gotten as much regarding any concessions for North Korea, (laughs) Mm -hmm. which he, you know, he would deny. So, yeah, I might be more willing to eat my words on that if there felt like there was any progress. Yeah. Yeah. If there were any tangibles coming out of this thing, then that might be a different story. Mm -hmm. But. But yeah, okay. But they fell in love, right? <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, um, I don't know. Did you have more on Korea? 
No, I, I, I guess I trust your opinion living in the uh, fallout zone at the moment more than, I guess, it's more theoretical to me, I guess. So I guess if you're uh, you're feeling, I don't know, I thought that line about Hitler was, was a good one. I, I thought that was kind of a zinger from, yeah. from Biden. But. Yeah, that's true. I mean, like, you know, just because America having good relationships with the country is not the uh, be all end all of whether that's a legitimate or decent country. <laughs> clearly. Mm-hmm. Very true. And, you know, Donald Trump says it's important to have good relations with leaders of other countries. It's like, okay, well, you have good relations with you think you have good relationship with all these strong men, but you have terrible relationships with everybody we've traditionally maintained relationships with. So why is maintaining good relations with countries that we have traditionally allied ourselves with? Why is that such an uphill battle for you, (laughs) you know, or (laughs) something you're just totally not interested in? So, Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And I will say it's interesting, you know, some Koreans are saying like, Oh, well, you know, Donald Trump may not be so bad because he lets us, uh, he lets us, uh, you know, we have a good chance to negotiate with North Korea and stuff like that. And I'm like, and I've told them, you know, I, I told them from the beginning, from 2016, I told Koreans, hey, if Moon Jae-in president wants to make a deal with North Korea, do it right now, because right now, with Donald Trump at helm, you know, you're getting a wider berth than you're ever going to get again to do mm-hmm. whatever you think you can do with North Korea. The fact that they have not accomplished hardly anything mm. um, tells you that, yeah, it's I mean, some some people on the left in Korea like to blame America for keeping South Korea and North Korea apart. Well, you've got the perfect opportunity right now. You've got a left-wing president in South Korea. And you've got a right-wing president in America who doesn't really care what you do. Mm-hmm. So make peace. You know, open the border. Do whatever you can do right now. But this is it. You know, Donald Trump's not going to get a second term. Lord willing. And, uh, and you know, frankly, under a Joe Biden presidency, Kim Jong-un is not going to have as much freedom on the international stage as he's had for the past four years. So mm-hmm. if you think you can get any concessions out of the guy, if you think you can get a deal out of the guy, do it right now because this is it, mm-hmm. you know. But if you can't do it or you won't do it, then you need to acknowledge that, like, it's not America that's keeping you back from this. It's freaking North Korea and China <laughs> or whoever else it is. But it's, you know, they're being the unreasonable ones here. So, Mm-hmm. You know, in a way, Donald Trump has been a great experiment in that regard. What happens if America, you know, takes their foot off the neck of North Korea for a few years and, you know, gives peace a chance? Well, okay, North Korea still acts fucking crazy. Okay, (laughs) (laughs) back to normal. (laughs) So, you know, I say that smugly because I think we're going to (laughs) win. The only outcome I can conceptualize right now is that we do win because... uh, uh, Yeah, the other alternative is... uh, incomprehensible in a way mm-hmm. yeah, yeah it's so awful <laughs> the the other alternative is that we never get COVID under control I don't see my nephew until he's about 16 <laughs> which I, who I haven't met yet he's about two years old next month right and yeah it's not a good situation no it's bad I might have to consider South Korean citizenship at that point. My God, <laughs> you, I, you I may can't have do a another four years of this shit. <laughs> well, you're well positioned. Yeah. You're already almost an expat at this point. 
Yeah, well, I am an expat. I'm a foreign, I'm an American living overseas, but yeah, I have to consider other alternatives. I'm joking. If I if I have a future political career, do not hold this over my head. <laughs> the I attack ads write themselves. God bless America. <laughs> Least I know I'm free. Okay. <laughs> All right. So God, where God are we at America here? From coming from you, it's, it's, a, it's a wild, <laughs> wild year. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Living overseas has made me more of a patriot. And sure. um, watching Donald Trump desecrate the Constitution has made me realize that, like, yeah, actually, I mean. There's I think there's problems in the Constitution, frankly, but I think that there is like, you know, the the system of government we have, if we actually stood up for what it's supposed to be, it would be a pretty great thing, you know. Mm-hmm. But we don't have people willing to enforce the Constitution on this clown or anybody in his party, apparently. And so it's not working. Yeah, it's uh, it's a sad story. And if we can arrest that right now, that's great. If we can't do that for another four years, I don't know. I don't know where we're going. So, mm-hmm. Okay, so Kristen Welker starts off the section on healthcare by talking about that Donald Trump has a case in the Supreme Court which would knock 20 million Americans off of their health insurance. Mm-hmm. Um, um, before you go on, can I just say she did a great job? I was very impressed with her. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's, I, I think she's doing pretty well. I just want well to say that day. because I've been so critical of the moderators up to this point, and I just want to say that I thought she actually kept things moving pretty well. Yeah. Yeah. I think she's yeah, she's keeping them on schedule here. And mm-hmm. and I will say, I don't, I don't know. I think it's easy to criticize. It's always easy to criticize the debate moderator. I, I, I try not to fall for it too much. But yeah, it's it's a, it's an easy thing. And but at the same time, it's a very hard thing to do. And I sure. think through some combination of her abilities, naturally, the fact that people's mics are muted for two yep. minutes and the fact that Donald Trump may have been slightly chastened by his performance and the response to it last time, <laughs> you know, and he's even complimented her at one point throughout this mm-hmm. thing, too. You might drop that in there where he said, you're doing yeah. a very nice job or whatever he said. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I, I do think she is. I mean, like, yeah. At this point, she's like, you got 10 more seconds. And then she's like, all right. And all right. And, all right, and we're moving on. OK. Yep. And there's, and I think that's what you got to do. That's what I was thinking last time too. Was like, mm-hmm. you can't say, please, please, Mr. President, please, we, uh, yeah. uh, uh, okay, he's just gonna keep talking. No, you gotta, get, you know, you just gotta, you, you just gotta bulldoze. You, you just gotta do that too, right? Like, also, I didn't catch you doing any of those embarrassing. You're gonna love this one, Mr. President. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, like I don't, I hate that stuff. Like you don't need to do that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, definitely not. Um, so anyways, they talk about, yeah, 20 million people being thrown off of health insurance based on a case that, you know, Trump's people are pushing through the Supreme Court right now. Let's see. Trump said, we we terminated the individual mandate, the worst part. Um, he said, you have to pay you have to pay some money not to pay money or something. Um he said, I, I could have gone the other route, and ma- he said, we tried to make Obamacare work. Uh, I could have gone the other route and made everybody very unhappy. Uh, I think we're going That's to win for the you. House. That's what- <laughs> <laughs> he, said, he said, we we might not even have, or we might even have the House by then, by the time this thing, uh, by the time I, I get to remake uh, Obamacare, remake health care. He said, I think we're going to win the House. And I'm like, oh, my God. 
nobody is predicting that. Like, I, what are the stats on 538 of, of, of Trump, of the Republicans winning the House in 20? I think it's like one in 100 or something. Yeah, yeah. Nobody's saying that, you know, the question, it's an open question whether the Republicans are even going to keep the Senate right now. They're not going to win the House, for God's no. sakes. No. So, although uh, I live in apparently the according to 538, the most competitive Senate or uh, House uh, race in the country between Victoria Sparts and uh, Christina Hale, um, which is actually an interesting race because she I interviewed Christina Hale uh, when I was at the Kokomo Tribune because she was the running mate of John Gregg, who ran against um, Pence and I guess later Holcomb. Uh, but uh Victoria Sparks is from Ukraine and is a recent emigre to uh, the United States. Um, so it's kind of a it's kind of an interesting race. You might want to look into it. Oh wow, interesting. Okay. Yeah. No wait, which one is which? Who is who? Christina Hale. Christina Hale is the Democrat, uh, former running mate uh, to John Gregg, who ran against Pence, and then later. I'm old Gregg. Well, yeah, <laughs> he's got a big walrus mustache. I interviewed him too. Um, but uh, anyway, he uh, she is running rather. She is running against Victoria Sparts, S P A R T Z, and she's originally from Ukraine, and I believe just in the last few years uh, moved to the United States. There, there's got to be a lot of money pouring into that race because I see. Yeah, Ash calls her Cold Shiver. What's her name? Because <laughs> she's a pretty frightening person in her campaign ads. Um, she's but she's like, a pretty what? She's a pretty cold, and I don't know. You should just watch her uh, her uh, campaign ads and, and and check her out. But uh, okay. anyway, her, I feel like there's a lot of outside money coming in from this one because there's like so many signs for her, huge signs all around the area. So, but uh, five thirty eight has it as the most competitive house race in the whole country. So. Well, I, I thank God that the uh, the uh, Ukrainian immigrant running for the elected office is not a Democrat because, the, you know, they <laughs> try to pin that on Joe Biden. Right. <laughs> and yeah. And she was taking the money for him in uh, in the Ukraine. It's all on Hunter Biden's laptop. <laughs> yeah. Burisma. Burisma. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, interesting. So. Yeah, but yeah, no so, one, so, no one's saying that the house is going to go that way. I, I don't know where he's getting that from. I don't know why he said it. I mean, it's obviously such a ridiculous idea. I mean, this kind of blind optimism—that you're going to win anything. Yeah, I don't know. You're going to win the house. I mean, my God. I mean, maybe after two years of Democratic rule, if they are not effective. But my God, yeah, mm -hmm. in 2020, I don't think so. <laughs> in this economy. <laughs> Yeah, with this many dead, 231,000? Yeah, doubtful. <laughs> yeah, so, okay, so he's, he said we're going to win the House. We might even have the House by then so we could, you know, make a big, beautiful healthcare thing, something pre-existing, yada, 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 you know, no individual mandate, yada, 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 et cetera. So Biden responds, uh, we're going to have Obamacare with a public option, and we're going to call it Biden Care. Yeah. <laughs> <He's>, uh, <laughs> It's going to be competition with private health care, so it's not going to be replacing private health care. But if people can't afford private health care, then they'll be able to get into the public option somehow, and that will make private health care costs come down, presumably. Yeah, I would just um, like to say that I thought it was a really good point that he made about how he won because he's Joe Biden and he, these other people aren't. 
the winners because they didn't, you know, he disagreed with them. And I, I think that's such a good response to the people that are like that socialists are secretly controlling Joe Biden and will force him to be. It's like, have you ever talked? Have you talked to any self-proclaimed socialists lately? Because they don't seem very happy about this and they're very reluctantly voting for Joe Biden and, and aren't getting a lot of their ideas through the uh, committees, transition committees between him and Bernie. And so I, I, I just wish all the Republicans who said that would interact with some more, or at least observe some more uh, commentary by the socialists in the world, the actual socialists, and, and see how they're actually feeling, because I don't think they're too happy. <laughs> yeah. Well, I will say, I, I think I thought it was kind of, a, actually, I thought it was kind of a bullshit line, because he didn't beat them because he had better ideas. His ideas were doing less well. Right. He he won because like Amy Klobuchar and uh, and Pete Buttigieg and like somebody else all dropped out at the same time right before you know the South sure. Carolina primary. That's why yeah. he won the primary. It wasn't because his ideas won the day. No, but I don't um, think he's being secretly controlled by them either. And I, I think that he he seems pretty staunch about his whole Biden care thing. And I don't really think he's going for a Medicare for all option i think the most he'll say is what a public option if you can't afford to buy one of these plans or something which which would be i guess a good stopgap measure but you know wouldn't get you all the way to universal coverage so well i think i think as a lot of left-wing commentators have said is we're, we're going to vote for biden this time but we're going to fight him from day one to get the stuff that we want and right you know, we'll see how that goes so it is true he's going to be facing pressure from people but um yeah i mean you know, this is again, this is kind of the inherent uh, schizophrenia of the Trump attack on Biden is that on the one hand, he's kind of a milquetoast, boring kind of middle of the road guy who spent 47 years in government and didn't accomplish the things that he says he's going to accomplish now. Mm -hmm. And at the same time, he's kind of the Schrodinger Democrat, because at the same time, he's simultaneously the 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 the, the Trojan horse that's going <laughs> to usher in, you know, socialized communist, you know, gulag archipelago, et cetera, you know, just <laughs> into America somehow, you know, he's going to do both of these same things at the same time. Right. right? Like that's the, <laughs> that's the Trump attack. And I think people have pointed out that it's not really landing with people. People don't really believe that Joe Biden is this crazed socialist that they no. want to paint him as. I don't believe so, that. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that's interesting. Um, at one point, Joe Biden said, I still have a few more minutes. I know you're getting anxious. Ha <laughs> ha. <laughs> I don't know why he said that. I, I don't know what his time was at at that point or what Kristen he might, he might have been doing. He might have had just been wanting to eat up a few seconds there. <laughs> yeah, perhaps. That's 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 yeah. as plausible as anything. Yeah. <laughs> um, and he mentions that, you know, all these people with COVID right now are going to have pre-existing conditions and we're going to, you know, Donald Trump has never credibly made a plan for pre-existing conditions, but we no. will have one. They're going to be covered. So a great point, I think. Um, let's see. Then um, Donald Trump said uh, he wants socialized medicine and it's not even that he wants it. She wants it. His vice president, she's more liberal than Bernie Sanders and stuff, you know. So, again, it's just an incoherent attack. He wants this, but actually he doesn't want it or some, somebody else wants it or something. It's just like you're saying two different things. Um, <laughs> and then he said, you know, you know, uh, Joe Biden with his socialized medicine, he's going to kill Medicare and Social Security. And Biden responded, the idea that he is going to lecture me on Medicare and Social Security. Come on. <laughs> he said, like, you know. I think he said somebody within the Social Security or Medicare administration had said that if Donald Trump's 
healthcare situation continues or something that by 2023 they would be insolvent or something like that. So mm-hmm. I, again, there's a whole backstory there. I don't know, but I'm, you know, smarter people are saying that, um, you know, Trump's bad on this stuff. So you're hearing, you're hearing things. <laughs> yeah. A lot of people are saying, yes. So, all right. Yeah. I, I don't know. It would, well, Donald Trump says that Nancy Pelosi won't approve more funds for relief, which is why he thinks he's going to win the House. Um, Biden counterattacks that Mitch McConnell can't repo- control the Republicans in the Senate who have said that they won't approve this if it goes through the House. Um, uh, Joe Biden mentions that the uh, the federal government can deficit spend, but state budgets have to be balanced. Um and so to, you know, to put to put the relief instead. Well, OK, I'm kind of mixing things up now, but um, <laughs> but which is a, I think it's a valid point. Like when the federal government won't help the states in a time like this with um, with support, financial support, then the states are going to have to start firing people, basically. Mm-hmm. And he mentions, you know, first responders, fire, police, et cetera. Uh, because they have to, you know, states legally have to have balanced budgets, but the federal government can deficit spend in an emergency. So, um, Kristen Welker asks, Biden is now the right time for a $15 minimum wage with uh, so many businesses in trouble. Uh, Joe Biden said we should be bailing out small businesses now, which we're not doing. Um, Kristen Welker asked Donald Trump, she said, you said you would consider a federal $15 minimum wage. What about that? And, Trump said, well, you know, I consider, but da, 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 different areas of the country, $15 is a lot or it's ruinous, disastrous or something. And I don't know. I don't know what his position actually is on that. I imagine his position is the same as the Republican position, which is no, you know, $15 minimum wage nationwide, <laughs> certainly. Mm-mm. So, yeah. Um, thoughts, thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, I think that if you look at who actually needs the bailout, a lot of it is not the blue states, as they keep saying. So I, I think that when they're trying to put this all on one color or another, it's it doesn't really track because I feel like all states are kind of hurting right now. Um, mm-hmm. So I think they just want to use that as a way to say no, but it's not anything to do with reality because I feel like the states that need actual help are generally the ones that don't bring in as much revenue which you know uh california is what the seventh eighth largest economy in the world by itself so i don't think mississippi can say that or even indiana so uh i don't know it's it, it's a very frustrating line of attack to try to combat against but and i th- i did think his line about how the you know states can't deficit spend like the government is is a good one because they can't print money on their own it just doesn't work so mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, He also mentioned that Biden also mentioned that there's no proof that raising minimum wage will kill the businesses, which is, you know, something that's been said for a long time. Mm -hmm. And I don't know. I mean, I think it's very plausible that it might. But I mean, or it might it may or may not lead to inflation. I don't know what would happen exactly. But um, Mm -hmm. I don't know. You know, I don't know what the solution is on the government end, but on the people's end we have to have money that keeps up with the inflation that's already happened for the past, you know, 30, mm-hmm. 20 years, you know, 
when I was 15 years old in high school working my first job, I think my my minimum wage salary was something like I can't remember if it was six dollars and seventy five cents or seven dollars and seventy five cents, eight dollars and seventy. It wasn't much, but it was something like that. Mm-hmm. And it hasn't moved much from that in most places since then. No. I know some states have have approved higher minimum wages, but but yeah, but I mean the cost of everything. I mean the cost of you know gas, food, coffee, etc. Mm-hmm. Whatever you know your day to day cost of living is through the roof. Plus you have things like you know a smartphone that you have to buy that's going to cost you several hundred dollars or so each time, up to a thousand or so. You mm-hmm. know internet cable uh specialty channels subscription services uh just you know expenses that we didn't even have back in high school that everybody basically has now um Hmm. you know i don't know it's uh yeah we need that we need that people need that Mm -hmm. especially when you consider that you know american worker productivity has gone through the roof in the past 30 to 40 years and salaries have not kept pace and cost of living has increased it's just a disaster all the way around i don't see how you justify it Mm-mm. so yeah it's pretty pretty un, undefensible from my standpoint but i'm not a business owner i guess so maybe they have a different opinion but <laughs> <laughs> yeah well it'll be interesting to see we raise it to 15 dollars a, uh, a job and we see what happens and you know Maybe they lay some people off at first, and then they find they need to keep them working, and maybe they raise their prices. Maybe I don't know what happens. I'm not an economist. I'll be the first to admit, but I will say Republicans keep crashing the economy, and Democrats keep aiming to fix it. And uh, so I, I, I feel pretty good that we're on the right side of this, even if I don't personally necessarily understand all the intricacies of it. <laughs> he hates to say it. <laughs> just have, he just you, hates it. <laughs> you got to put some sound drops in there from some of the insi- like just insipid things that Trump was saying. Because I, I tried to write them down, but I couldn't get them because I was laughing. Um, but yeah, <laughs> okay. So the question from Welker was about reuniting migrant families, and Trump said he started blathering about, "Oh, coyotes and cartels bring them over here. We have the strong border. Let me just tell you." Um, and there was a very certain newspaper that reported they said that I built the cages, but there was a very certain newspaper that reported that the Obamas built the, these very horrible cages. And I'm like, okay, if they're very very horrible cages, why are you still using them? <laughs> you, you know, if Obama built them, you don't object to them, right? Uh, Biden said 500 plus kids came here with parents. They were separated at the border as a disincentive. He said this what they didn't come here with coyotes here. They didn't come here from the cartels. They were brought here by their parents and stuff. And he mentions that, you know, you're a kid traveling with your parents. You cross you come to the Rio Grande, you cross the border, it's illegal. What do you say? Drop me here, just leave me here. I don't want to go any further. <laughs> He's like, "No." Um Let's see. Uh Biden goes, uh, you know, he's continuing to try to blame all the cages on the Obamas. They did it and we changed it. Like, how did you change it? You didn't change it. You're still using the cages. That's the issue. He said, who built the cages? Who built the cages? Who filled the cages? uh, Yeah. And Biden said, you know, regarding the separating of families, he said, it's criminal. It's criminal. I like that line there. Mm -hmm. I think that that's an important distinction to be made that. Things that this president has done, they're not unseemly. They're not, you know, this or that. 
they're it's criminal behavior and it should be looked at that way and you know Mm -hmm. i hope that under a biden justice department that there would be uh you know investigations and criminal charges and you know people like uh stephen miller and donald trump and perhaps jared kushner and uh what's his name um oh recused himself very meekly what's his name oh hmm? racist racist former senator guy what's his name uh jeff sessions yeah jeff sessions i think they found out recently you know he used to be the uh <laughs> the, the 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 good boy who was going to follow the constitution and recuse himself but now we find out oh my god this is the guy who kind of like uh originated the idea of family separations like what a monster it's like yeah we need to criminally investigate these people this is uh you know there's no world in which separating families like this is uh at all justified and imprisoning the children Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, if you're going to imprison anybody, you, 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 you imprison the people who broke the law under this consideration, the people who crossed the border illegally. And maybe you send you, you, you send the children back to families wherever they came from. If that, I mean, I'm, I'm not even going to help them work out how to do this in a way that would be somewhat more humane because I still think it's a pretty inhumane thing. But mm-hmm. yeah, um, let's see. It's, it's criminal. It's criminal. He says, and Donald Trump at that point, he said something ridiculously hilarious. He's like, you know, and these children, he doesn't say this, but he's like, and the children who are, you know, separated from their parents, but he's like, and they're being taken care of so well or something. He says like, you know, he's like, you know, these children who we've got locked in cages, they're really having a great time down there. You know, you got to drop the sound in there at that point because it was bizarre. Mm-hmm. Um, and he continues to, you know, Joe Biden was vice president for eight years and he didn't do anything. They built the cages. Who built the cages and all this stuff? And and Joe Biden says, I'm going to be the president, not the vice president. And I was like, oof, you know, mm-hmm. be careful, Joe. This is the first time you've actually come out and suggested that something that Obama might have done might have been wrong and that you would do it differently. Consequently, mm-hmm. like you're on thin ice here, it seems like so. <laughs> um. And he mentioned that Trump is making asylum seekers do something which they've never had to do in American history, which is seek asylum from a third country, which is, you know, obviously problematic, because if you're seeking asylum for your safety, then you don't need to be somewhere else. You need to be here until we can determine whether or not you're eligible, legitimate claim, et cetera. But, you know, Mm -hmm. and then at the end, Trump said some other insipid things that were, you know, also equally clippable, probably. I, I, yeah. Yeah. Thoughts, thoughts on that. <laughs> I mean, what, what can you say? I mean, he was basically talking about the detention camps, like they're one of his hotels. So it's like, yeah, they're being so well taken care of. Five star, first class, golden toilets. They're not catching COVID and getting molested. No. <laughs> The coyotes, yeah. the coyotes, Joe. Oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's bizarre. Um, yeah, and I, I, I think you know this is this is the one issue. This is one of many issues. This is the issue, like when people say, "Oh, why can't we all just get along?" And you know, political yeah. disagreements don't mean we have to disagree. You know, with each other. It's like, no, you're separating children from their parents and locking them in cages and keeping them there indefinitely, and you're losing the families. And yeah, uh, th- th- this is unforgivable. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, absolutely unforgivable. Yeah, you know, I think this is my, not uh, a this is not a difference in the marginal tax rate that we can agree to disagree. This is mm-hmm. uh, this is a moral 
moral failing. And I don't mm-hmm. invoke the idea of morality too often, you know, mm-hmm. in politics or whatever. But this is, you know, children belong with their families. I mean, mm-hmm. that's that's, you know, that's I don't I don't know anybody who would dispute that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's pretty insane. The uh, my one of my favorite editorial cartoons of this year was somebody who I uh, forget who was the uh, artist here, but uh, they were it was like an undecided voter who had like a cup of coffee and they were down on their hands and knees, like kind of with their you know legs kicking up in the air, kind of like resting their chin on one of their you know wrists, like with elbow cocked on the ground, like looking at the kid in the cage. They're like, "Who do you think you should I should vote for? I don't know. I'm just so confused." <laughs> like, yeah, <laughs> like yeah, the kid in the cage to... has some opinions, I bet. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you'll have to like share that somewhere yeah. on Twitter or something later. Yeah, yeah, that's that is a that is one of the you know, and like I mean I don't even know why he's trying to say that Obama. Yeah, I mean Obama had cages. Yeah, people who you know mm. Obama deported more than you know most other presidents. It's a sad story. But you know what we didn't hear about? We didn't hear about families getting separated and children getting lost in the system and molested. Mm-hmm. I yeah, mean, and let's let's not forget that Stephen Miller put these policies into place to purposely scare people away from coming to our country. So it's not as like Biden this was, said this was an intentional disincentive. Yeah, this wasn't, wasn't like an a byproduct of a bureaucratic, right. you know, whatever. So mm-hmm. yeah, that's 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 very salient. <laughs> there's a there's there's time at the end for Melania to come up and look uncomfortable next to him. <laughs> if that's oh, even the real way, Melania. <laughs> I thought I saw something. Some people were saying there was a deal about uh, a fake Melania or something. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. What 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 was the story there? Because I didn't I I saw a couple of images that looked pretty. Suspect, well, this is not this is not an isolated or... incident. This is not. I would be much less likely to go in for this theory if I it was just like one time. But like. There's been multiple occasions, especially recently, where he has appeared with, quote-unquote, Melania. Does not look quite like Melania, uh, and not in a way where it's like she had some work done, like, face of shape is different, and, like, it's just not the same person. And, like, extremely affectionate, too, you know, because, I mean, if you ever look at the real Melania, you can't stand this guy, and it's obvious. Uh, And, you know, he's on stage with this fake Melania, at least... You know, that's the theory. As the theory goes, the fake yeah, Melania. Yeah, like kissing her and stuff. Yeah, they're like having like. Yeah, Ivana, I didn't want to say anything, but your wig is slipping. Straighten it out now. <laughs> exactly, exactly. But uh, yeah, no, I I don't know that for sure. Uh, it just it looks very suspicious. <laughs> yeah. How did how does uh, Bill Maher says? I I don't know this for sure. I just know it's. Yeah. I don't know this. Yeah. I don't know this for sure. I just know it's true. true. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's one of those. All right. So race in America. They start off by mentioning the talk that African-Americans parents have with their children about, you know, interactions with police and safety and so forth. Right. Mm hmm. And so Biden responds and he basically demonstrates a knowledge of the talk. And he talks about having when you're pulled over or something in the mm-hmm. car, having your hands high up on the steering wheel so that there's no you know, ambiguity and so forth. Now, Trump starts talking about the crime bill, 1994, super predators, the super predators. He says it again and again. He talks about uh, left wing people who came and cried in my office. And then two weeks that later, they're out there. 
we saying we have to defeat him. Uh, Biden mentions uh, Trump talked about marauding, marauding uh, gangs, uh, the Central Park Five. Uh, and also, he said, "I never said he said I never said what he said. I said I guess what he's saying is about the super predators." Um, Trump says, "I ran because of you. I ran because of you and Obama." And um, Biden said, "You know who I am, and you know who he is, and you know his, you know my character, and you know his character, and I'm ready to have the race on these terms, basically." Mm-hmm. Um. Donald Trump said something about he started talking about various things. Then he said something about you have like the laptop from hell. <laughs> and then he said, and then he kept going. And he said something. The laptop is Russia, Russia, Russia. And I'm just like, what in God's name is going on here? <laughs> uh, and he said, the first thing I heard about Black Lives Matter was pigs in a blanket. Fry them, fry them. What did he say? Fry them. No, pigs in a blanket. Fry them like bacon. And he said, so I didn't like Black Lives Matter. He says, I'm the least racist person in the room. It's kind of it's dark not, in here, and <laughs> I don't know who all's in the audience, but I'm the least racist here. I, I like how he's not not racist. He's just the least racist. Yeah, yeah he's on the spectrum. <laughs> he's on the spectrum. There's some, there's some there. Don't worry about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's a little dark in here. You know, some people's skin tones. You can't always yeah, take you them can't out. discriminate the way you'd like to, but. <laughs> yeah. Um, so John or Joe Biden mocks him and says, "Oh, Abraham Lincoln here is the least racist or something." He's excuse me, excuse me. Uh, I said, uh, you know, since Abraham Lincoln, I was the least, you know, racist or something. I've done the most for black people, you know, historically back, you know, H H B C's, etc., etc. He's um, and Joe Biden said, uh, I've been trying to change the drug laws that we passed in the 80s after the 1980s, especially cocaine, mm-hmm. which I thought was uh, OK. Interesting. I don't know. I, I, I will say I don't think he went into enough detail here because he obviously didn't start trying to change those things during the 1990s necessarily. No. So at what point after the 1980s when he passed these, you know, draconian drug laws, the, yeah. I'm sure the mandatory minimum, minimum things that he was mentioning earlier? Like, at what point did he start trying to, you know, mm-hmm. overturn some of these things? And, like, mentioning especially cocaine is uh, an interesting, you know, we're talking about race here. So, we, you, mm-hmm. you don't got to talk about cocaine. You want to talk about crack, right? Because the right. distinction between crack and cocaine right. has always been the white-black issue. And also, your own son's cocaine issue, usage in the past has become an issue. Or, I'm not sure if it was cocaine or if it was crack. I don't know. I've heard mm-hmm. both of the accusations there. So, that was... right. I don't know. From a Joe Biden perspective, I'm not sure that was a strong answer. But yeah, for for people that don't know, though, the uh, the the disparity in the in the crack laws was that if you were found with the same amount of cocaine as you were crack, you would be punished a hundred times more than you would be than if you had just straight cocaine, which is obviously just totally arbitrary number that they just wanted to punish you know, communities of color with. And then they, I believe it was in 2009, maybe I'd have to look this up, but I think they had brought it down to 17 to one, which is still not great, but better than hundred to one. And you're right. He was in, I hate to agree with Trump on anything, but he didn't, I don't see, it didn't see him making any moves in the time between the crime bill. And, and then when he tried to turn that around as what was, you know, not even, 
uh, fair at all, obviously. So. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, I think at the same time, we we can't say that we have any illusions that you know that Joe Biden in 2020 is the same Joe Biden in like mm-hmm. 1988. I mean, like sure. And a lot of you know, you know, a lot of black leaders were in favor of that at the time too, which is something I think people forget. At the time, it was it was kind of a bipartisan thing, uh, but it just ended up disproportionately hurting uh, you know the African American community way more, obviously. So. Yeah. Um, I don't think he's ever on record saying super predator. That was uh that was Bill and Hillary Clinton. as far as I remember. Yeah, no, I, I don't doubt he was right there with him, but you know, as I, far as yeah. if there was tape of him saying it, I haven't seen it yet, and I think I would have mm-hmm. seen it yet if it was out there by now. Seriously. So. Yeah. Um uh Trump, you know, kept saying, you know, I freed tens of thousands of people and da 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 da. And uh, you had eight years. Why didn't you get it done? He kept shouting this about various things. And then Biden said, well, because we had a Republican Congress. That's the reason. And then, you know, I think Kristen Welker and Trump were both waiting for him to continue. But he he left it there again, which I think is a strong answer. That's a strong way to answer something. Just say what you're going to say. Let it stand. And and then Trump said, you got to talk him into it, Joe. you got to talk him into it or something. you gotta, you got to do the sound drop there. It's just like... Oh my god! Pretty, pretty incredible. <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty wild, pretty wild. So, okay, so uh, climate change. Um, so climate change. Trump talks about the trillion trees initiative. Was it a trillion? He said a trillion. Huh. Uh, you know, alliteration. Trillion trees huh. initiative. Maybe it was a trillion. Um. Let's see. Uh. Said, look at China, how filthy it is. Russia, India, so filthy. Like, who, who is this man? Just what is he talking? About? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the germaphobe strikes again. Okay. Um, Biden talked about making fifty thousand charging stations on highways so we can own the electric market. Talked about millions of jobs in the green energy thing. Um, Trump said they're all hopping through hoops for AOC plus three. They want to turn big windows into small windows and other crazy things. <laughs> totally unhinged. Uh, I think, and I think AOC hit him. Uh, Emilio Ocasio-Cortez hit him for insulting her by not calling her out by name mm-hmm. or presumably by looping, you know, the squad in with her. Mm-hmm. An abbreviated version of her name. Anyways, there was something about that. Um, I don't know. The, the, I mean, the guy, it's, yeah, it's disrespectful, but that's just the, scratching the surface of this guy's communications <laughs> method, his way of speaking. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Biden says, I don't know where he comes from. I don't know where he comes up with these numbers. And Trump interjected, Queens. <laughs> just absolutely bizarre. <laughs> I feel like we're on like a terrible hip hop track here. Exactly. <laughs> so, um, then Trump said, I know more about wind than you do. It's extremely expensive. It kills all the birds. It's very intermittent. So it's got a lot of problems. Yeah. He literally thinks that the lights go out when the wind stops blowing. So, yeah. <laughs> 
I think that's what happens to Donald Trump. I think the lights <laughs> go out when the wind stops blowing, if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> I don't exactly know, but I think I get it. <laughs> when he's not talking, there's just oh, like right. yeah, empty slate up there. <laughs> okay, so uh, I think that pretty much, I mean, there may be a couple more seconds here on um, on green the climate, oh God, I talk like him now. Solar, Un- green, unsafe. nuclear. Cyber, nuclear. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Big things. Okay. Pre-existing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All of the above. Okay. The final question. What will you say to Americans who didn't vote for you? And Trump said various things, but he basically said so success is going to bring us together. Uh, he said if you vote for Biden, your 401ks are going to go to hell. Uh, Biden basically said, I'm an American president and I will represent all of you. Basically, long story short. All right. Well, I don't know, Bob. Thoughts? (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. It's, uh, I'm glad that was the last debate. (laughs) I can't handle any more of these. (laughs) We did it. That might be the last one. Fingers How many crossed. debates have we done? Goodness gracious. Well, let's see. Are you counting in primary debates? Because I know I'm, we did. I'm counting it all. Primaries from 2015. Oh, I don't know. Yeah. Like, I mean, I guess there were no midterm out. debates. but. No, not really. Uh, I don't think we did any of the primary ones the first time in 2016. I think we just did presidential and vice presidential. But, oh, I mean, God. this one, Yeah. This one, I think we pretty much did all the primary for the Democrats and mm. all the all the ones for this year. I'd have to look up how many that is, but quite a run. So yeah, Bob, be easier to look that kind of thing up if you put yeah episode titles. <laughs> You're not the only. I've had other people tell me that. So <laughs> <laughs> it's never too late to start. It's true. Yeah. Well, I think you know, in in in. Korea right now, Bob. It's already the third. Okay. Oh wow. It's it's almost two a.m. on November third in Korea. So you know, mm-hmm. twenty four hours from now, shit's about to pop off in America. Yeah. Absolutely. Any any thoughts, feelings, predictions for this coming time period? I think we're gonna win. Um, you know, I think we have to win. Like I said, I don't know what the world looks like if we don't Mm -hmm. one encouraging thing i did see is that uh even though there's states where they don't start counting the ballots until tomorrow uh there are uh, there is evidence that democrats have been getting their ballots in earlier this year and Republicans that are voting that way may be waiting and so it may turn around and be the voter suppression bites them uh, again, which will be interesting to see if we see a flip uh, later in the week if uh, Biden has a strong lead. Okay, I can't use that as an adjective. <laughs> Stop it, Trump. <laughs> uh, a, uh, a a significant lead, uh, go, uh, you know, tomorrow uh, at the when the polls close. It'll be interesting to see if the Trump people flip to count every vote. <laughs> Once yeah. It looks like they're not, you know, because I, I think what they're counting on is this red mirage thing where it looks like they're ahead initially. And then we have to, like, count all the, you know, absentee and military ballots and all that stuff on the back end. And they're going to be like, oh, no more counting. And, but then if it looks like they're down, it'll be interesting to see if they continue that because 
not known yeah. for their consistency. <laughs> yeah. I think it's interesting that, um, I mean, everything that they've been doing and even the, 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 the infection totals going up to almost a hundred thousand here this past week. And I don't know where they are at today, <laughs> but you know, there's a part of my, you know, um, mind that thinks that Trump may be allowing this to happen or encouraging this to happen in some way. I mean, he certainly is through his rallies, as we mentioned earlier, but mm-hmm. he may be attempting to uh, discourage voting on the election day, which I mean, and that, you know, that the, um, what's the word, the uh, kind of the, uh, I don't know, it's one way, but it's also the other way. Oh, God, I, I hate it when I can't think of a word like in a normal conversation, I could think of these words. But, um, you know, the ironic thing about that, I guess, to put it another way, is that anything that he's doing to discourage voting may be disproportionately affecting his own voters. And anything that he may be doing to encourage same-day voting may be endangering his own voters and or the fact that the COVID situation has gotten out of control may actually finally get through to his voters and they may not show up uh-huh. in the numbers that he's hoping. And and so it's like it's it's even when even if we knew exactly what his strategy was to the degree that he has one, we have no idea if it would actually work. Mm-hmm. Like he thinks it will. And it may right. totally backfire. And so yeah. Start here. Say the number. I think, you know, yeah. yeah. Well, I'm 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 hopeful in that I feel like all this voter suppression is actually having, like you kind of said, the opposite effect of the, the one intended, because people are just you know trying to get out and vote as quickly as possible, and it's you know I think that also I I'm encouraged by that going forward in future elections too if this continues because it kind of takes away the sting of any potential October surprises if most people have already voted weeks before election day and it's not like everyone's just waiting. So, yeah, yeah, I, you know, I, uh, you know, Hillary Clinton said it a few months ago. She told Joe Biden, you know, basically don't don't concede anything. You'd be crazy mm-hmm. to concede. And I, I think that's true. Like, do not do what Al Gore did in 2000 and just say, you know, well, yeah. to preserve the, the institution mm-hmm. of the presidency, I'm not going to challenge this. And don't don't go down that road. Absolutely not. I mean, as if you, if for anyone in our audience has ever listened to uh, Fiasco, the first season, which actually just dropped on iTunes, if uh, people want to get it uh, for free, it'd be a good auction day binge listen. Not that this wouldn't be, but, um, but yeah. uh, you know, basically, and you've interviewed Leon Nafok, haven't you, before? Oh, several times. Yeah, he's a regular guest on the show. I've interviewed yeah, him. Always good to hear him on here. Yeah, every one of his slow burn first and now fiasco uh, seasons, I've I've had him on each time. So, but his uh, first season of fiasco is about the 2000 election, and basically, yeah, it's what he what you were saying. It's like that set the tone, you know. And then if if you unconcede, it looks like you're the sore loser that can't accept defeat, and you know George W. Bush is just trying to do the right thing, you know. So it's like yeah. don't don't go down that path. Optics matter in these kind of cases. So. Yeah, you if you I mean. You you have four years to feel bad about looking like a sore loser for about five minutes, <laughs> you know, if you win. Yeah. Uh, you know, if you lose, well, you look like a sore loser and America loses her democracy. <laughs> so just, yeah, just right. don't concede. Don't concede shit. Oh, absolutely. You know, fight it out. Donald Trump's going to lie, cheat, and steal to stay in power because he knows he's going to be squealing in prison if he doesn't. Mm-hmm. And uh, put him there. <laughs> so. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. So anyways, I mean, if this comes out before the election and I'm not sure it will, but, you know, I'm sorry, we came down to the last minute here and that's a lot of my fault. But, uh, I'm going to be but, I'm going to be flipping well, this over and editing it this afternoon now. So it's, yeah, it's going to be pretty wild. I, you know, I, Bob, there's a lot here, but I do think we I think we got through things pretty well when we were talking about them. And I think a lot of the dead air where we're just listening, I think, you know, it's going to be pretty easy to just cut that out and say, okay. And it's going to be pretty easy to see the parts where we're actually saying stuff. So I think I, I don't know. I feel, I feel pretty good about how it went here. You'll have to let me know how the editing process goes by Mm -hmm. comparison, but yeah, it would be cool if we could do um, this like a little more planned out next uh, go around. If the ever, you know, (laughs) if we ever have American democracy after this, I guess if it goes the bad way, but um, yeah, But uh, yeah, I think that might be a good one to like maybe watch it live and pause it and maybe have us like Mystery Science Theater 3000 in the background as they're talking as opposed to. <laughs> yeah, if you could get the audio in there. Yeah. I, and and frankly, like one thing that I've noticed as we've done this is I feel like you've gotten much more talking in, which I think is a good thing because sometimes it feels like I'm just like reading things and then I'm commenting and then I'm like, yeah. Bob, do you have anything to say? Okay, on to the next topic. You know, I'm, I'm just kind of like, you know, ramming through the thing. I feel that happening, and there's not much I can do to stop it when I'm going off just my paper. No, notes you got to get through your nose. Yeah. So I, I do think the advantage here is that we are both like being able to respond in the moment and stuff. So mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah, we'll see how fresh it sounds. I think it's going to sound sure. good. Yeah, I liked it. Uh, I think it, it, the little quips and stuff, the little quotes are a little more fresh in my mind because uh, I'm not taking notes. I'm kind of relying on you to do that Yalman's work of that. But uh, I think if we're both listening to it simultaneously, it's like in the front part of my brain to comment on. So I think that's good. Yeah, but, and I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm definitely feeling myself this time like just, um, you know, being able to gauge the context a lot better because when I'm going off my notes, I'm having to reconstruct an entire, you know, very complex high level discussion that's going on in some cases and, mm-hmm. and sometimes not when Trump is speaking, but, um, right. but, uh, you know, it's, it's, you know, it's hard to do that in 3d and stuff like, I mean, yeah, this is, uh, oh, I think, sure. I, I don't know. I like this format in a way. Mm-hmm. Definitely. So, but, anyway. uh, all right. Well, Hey, thanks for doing all that work, John. I'll, uh, talk to you obviously as the votes are getting counted and all that kind of stuff so uh any yeah, any final words sure. to the voters of the world that might be listening to us if if they somehow hear this before the polls close <laughs> yeah vote for biden he's not our favorite he's nobody's favorite necessarily but by god uh if you've been right before if you've been wrong before you know you've been wrong before if you've been wrong before I'm telling you, this could be the end of American democracy if we don't do the right thing. Right. So if you have any doubt that maybe Teacher Jonathan, Big Daddy Cha-Cha has been right before and you've been wrong, take that to the bank. Do the right thing. Get it done. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cardi B's on the Bernie train. Mm-hmm. As is Dua Lipa. I saw the other day Dua Lipa did like an interview with Bernie or something. Oh, yeah? I didn't catch that. That's funny. Yeah, yeah. So pop culture likes Bernie, but For sure. that, that, that bird has flown the coop, I suppose. But anyways, I'm just saying like, you know, we're looking pretty good here. I think I feel pretty good going into this election. Trump's going to try to cheat. Don't let him just vote, do the right thing. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. All right. Yeah. Well, uh, get some, get some sleep tonight, Chuck, or this morning. All right. You too, Bob. <laughs> Bob. Yeah. Again, last thing for voters, you know, if you're scared to go and stand in line, as I said on Twitter, don't be scared to go stand in line. 
be scared to wonder if you can survive four more years of this insanity. <laughs> okay. Mm-hmm. Go stand in line tomorrow and we'll see if things don't get better for the next four years. I I guarantee you they'll, they'll they're gonna get it's gonna be worse before it gets better. It's always darkest mm-hmm. before the dawn, but we're I think we gotta turn the corner on this shit right now. This is your <laughs> chance. So yeah. Absolutely. All right, Bob. Yeah, cool. good all right. good deal there. We'll talk to you again soon, all right? All right, talk to you soon. Yeah, right. bye-bye. Bye-bye. Join the Rob Burgess Show mailing list. Go to tinyletter.com forward slash the Rob Burgess Show and type in your email address. Then respond to the automatic message. Also, please make sure to comment, follow, like, subscribe, share, rate, and review everywhere the podcast is available, including iTunes, YouTube, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play Music, Twitter, 
Internet Archive, TuneIn, RSS, and now Spotify. The official website for the podcast is www.therobburgessshow.com. You can find out more about me by visiting my website, www.thisburgess.com. If you have something to say, record a voice memo on your smartphone and send it to therobburgessshow at gmail.com. Include voice memo in the subject line of the email. Also, if you want to call or text the show for any reason, the number is 317-674-3547. Until next time.